Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey, this is Amy. And Megan. And we had this wild idea that's now becoming a reality. We've created the Nourish Your Soul Retreat. If you're ready to give yourself the gift of turning inward in order to awaken all parts of you, to spend a day tapping into your creative feminine power, intuition, and nature, and learn how to fully embody your knowing and capacity for healing. This retreat is for you if you crave real connection with nature and other soulful women who are on a similar path to nourishing their mind, body, and soul. Join us for the Nourish Your Soul Retreat at the beautiful Twin Bluffs Farm in Stockholm, Wisconsin on September 7th, 2019 from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Check out the show notes for the link to our website and the full details. We hope to see you there. Transforming your body through self-love. This is Melanie Monaco's tagline. So you know I was instantaneously intrigued. My guest today, Melanie, is a certified integrative nutrition expert, an eating psychologist specialist, a yoga and fitness instructor, and my personal favorite, a self-love advocate. Melanie specializes in helping women to revolutionize their relationship to their body and food so that they can cultivate a body that they love unconditionally, freely eat the foods that they enjoy, and maintain a healthy lifestyle with ease. So check, check, and major check. You know this; these are topics that I'm clearly obsessed with and so dang passionate about. You and I have had a lot of conversations regarding these areas. So to sit down and listen to Melanie give her expertise, her insight, and her views was so amazing today. Sit in and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to sit down and have a wonderful conversation today with my guest, Melanie Monaco, and finding people that align very, very clearly with you can sometimes be difficult, but this was just absolutely meant to be. Oh, happy to be here. And I agree. Everything just feels like it's definitely in alignment with us. And I'm just so grateful that we connected. Me as well. I love for you to share with the listeners who you are, give them a little insight onto your world. Absolutely. So I am an integrative nutrition expert. Um, A lot of what I do is based around eating psychology and helping women break the yo-yo dieting cycle so that they can cultivate a body they love with ease, freely eat the foods they enjoy, and have lasting confidence and trust in themselves. Um, So often we as women and people, you know, in our society are battling our bodies. And Megan, I know that's something that you talk to your listeners a lot about and you can Mm -hmm. resonate with. And 97% of women have a difficult relationship to their bodies. 97. Isn't that wild? Like when, yeah, when polled, 97% of women say they dislike something about their bodies. And... (laughs) 
a lot of people believe that it actually is more and that some women were lying. So that is insane to me. And then the other crazy statistic is that around the same percentage, so between like 93 and 97% of diets fail. So first of all, we have women who are upset with their body's shape for some reason, you know, because of society inflicting certain constraints onto what we think we should look like. (laughs) And then then 97% of diets fail, you know. And then on top of that, women spend 17 years of their lives on average on a diet. So this is 17 years of our lives that we are spending restricting what we can do to celebrate our lives, restricting how we move through our day, restricting how we can nourish our bodies, restricting how we can experience the gloriousness that is food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, when I heard these statistics, you know, for the first time, I just was so struck and um, it just really affirmed in me a deep belief that this is something we absolutely need to heal. And so my mission is to heal that, um, to allow women to come back to themselves, to allow women to love themselves more. So my business is called the self-love lifestyle because it is a lifestyle and it is a practice. Self-love is not a destination. And I believe that self-love is the way to get to that place of making peace with your body and food because that's how I did it. I, I would say I couldn't agree more. I, um, my healing journey was not moving forward until I totally, totally understood that grasp of that self-love concept. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you share with the listeners, you said that's how Mm -hmm. you did it. Can you share a little bit about your journey? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's a long and winding road, so I will try to be as (laughs) clear. You you do what you need to do. Um, But, you know, I actually, I grew up in the wellness space. My mom um, is a yoga teacher. When I was younger, she was a jazzercise instructor. You remember jazzercise? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So she was in that space, um, aqua aerobics. You know, she just has always been a lover of health and fitness, um, which had, you know, it was a double-sided coin. Um, And I think that in a lot of ways, it allowed me to find joy in movement. I was a dancer at a young age. I've always loved dancing and moving my body. Um, but it also put me in a space where women were actively trying to change their bodies and not accepting their bodies. Um, and especially being a dancer, I did competitive dance. So again, this is like so much pressure on me as a person and all of us as women to try to conform to look a certain way. So that Mm -hmm. developed into a complete disconnection from my body. Um, And on top of that, when I was 14, I was in a car accident where I was told I wouldn't walk again. I know. And I just remember looking at the doctor because I was a dancer. And at the time he was like, you may not walk again. And I basically was like, biggest F you. Like, I absolutely Mm -hmm. will. And I'm going to, you know freaking dance and I actually was dancing four months later which is wild I and I completely healed um of course there was amazing medicine I had multiple surgeries that were done so beautifully my doctors were phenomenal um and I combined 
Western and Eastern medicine. So I got Reiki and acupuncture, crystal healing. Like, I mean, I did everything. I was singing and doing art therapy and just filled with love and, you know, my whole community joined together to help me, which is really important when it comes to healing is having community. But the other aspect of this is that I just did not believe what that doctor told me. Um, And I think that when it comes to healing, of course, you know, there are, it's not like I could get up and walk while I was in the middle of surgery. It's not a, it's not a matter of like deflecting reality, but it's setting your mindset to, to help you get to your goals. So I believe, you know, a huge part of my healing process and recovery and why it was so miraculous is because I didn't believe for one second that I wouldn't walk again. You know, I didn't let that reality happen to me. And I do believe that we have the power to manifest whatever our dreams are. And that was my first dance with manifestation. Mm. And a powerful one Absolutely. at that. And it's something that I keep coming back to and completely shaped me as a human. Like, yes, it was traumatic. Yes, it was the most painful experience. Um, but it made me who I am. You know, I know that's cliche, but it's absolutely true. And then, you know, years later, a um, few years later, I, you know, continued my development with my relationship to my body and it became very disordered. You know, I, I definitely had eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all of that um, baggage that a lot of us carry with us. And I was 17 in a yoga retreat with my mom trying to lose weight, which is like not the point of yoga retreats. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The polar opposite yeah. of what they're for. <laughs> and I was so frustrated because I was not losing weight. I was like, why is this weight not coming off? And I remember being in a meditation on this yoga retreat and realizing that I had the choice. Like, like with my car accident, I had the choice to believe the story of like, I don't have power over my body or... Um, I have to look a certain way to be loved or my self-worth comes from my physical appearance. That's a choice I can make. But the other choice is that I can choose to love my body unconditionally. I can choose to be grateful for my body unconditionally because look at what my body has done. I mean, all of our bodies are just phenomenal. The fact that we're alive. (laughs) So I made, I decided to make that choice and I'm telling you, Megan, it did not happen overnight. Um, It took me another five years at least to weed through all of that uh, baggage that I had with food and my body. And it's still a practice. But um, there came a point where I decided to no longer battle my body. And when I made that choice, everything changed in my life. I mean, that was the year that I attracted the person that is now my husband. You know, that is the year that I started realizing what I wanted to do on the planet. And, um, you know, a while later, I went to nutrition school and I, you know, I got my yoga teacher certification following in my mom's footsteps, (laughs) Um, (laughs) my fitness certification. I studied transformation with Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who wrote Women Who Run With The Wolves. I just studied directly with her. Um, And I've just been immersing myself in what it means to transform our bodies and our lives and our mindset, um, because 
I've been able to do it and I want to create a roadmap and be able to help other people do the same thing. I have absolute chills after listening to your story (laughs) for so many reasons. Um, And the point that really struck into me was the point where you said, Oh, a couple things actually, you know, it took time first of all. And also we don't realize, I don't think women truly realize how much energy we spend hating the skin we're in, how much thought that consumes Mm -hmm. of our day and how much then that impacts the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't move forward into a place of peace in the rest of your life until you started to unbag all of the past that you had with your body. Yeah. I mean, and can you imagine Megan, if the women of the planet spent half as much time focusing on their bodies and instead spent that time on healing the world. Can you imagine? Amazing. <laughs> That's, I've never thought of it in that capacity, but it's like, we oh have work to do, you know, we have, we have to yeah. heal this world and like, no matter what your belief systems are, we all see that people are suffering. So what can we do to contribute to help those people up? We can stop obsessing over ourselves and our bodies and what we look like and can instead use that mental space to give to others, which will then give back to us. Like, man, I totally agree with you. It's wild how much time we spend on this and that time could be much better spent. Because the profound things that all of us do in life, either are doing or will do, have nothing to do with the number on the scale or what size of pants you're wearing. Yeah. I mean, numbers are so (laughs) kind of drives me nuts. Like when I, so when my clients come to me, they're like, you know, I want to lose X amount of weight. You know, I want to lose 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. And the first thing I say is if number wasn't attached, how would you want to feel? Like, Mm. how would you want to feel in your body if weight didn't actually have any sort of weight (laughs) for you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and and that idea and concept, I think opens people up because it's like, Oh, well, I want to feel confident. I want to feel beautiful. I want to feel magnetic. Um, I want to feel attractive and you can choose to feel that way regardless as to what your physical body looks like. Um, What's amazing too, is that weight actually doesn't have any impact on your body composition or has very little impact. Like your body can actually completely transform and change and your weight might stay the same or even increase. Same thing with your dress size. Um, mm-hmm. It really says very little about your health, about what you look like. Um, and we don't need to know those things. You know, we don't need to measure our self-worth based on those numbers. You can go to the doctor's office and refuse to be weighed and they can still provide valuable diagnoses and give you important health information. I have not weighed myself, Megan. Oh my gosh. In at least five years. Like I don't need to, (laughs) it's not important to me. And I, my doctors tell me I get healthier. So great. You know, that's it. Do you have, if your clients are, if somebody is really struggling, struggling in that space, do you encourage your clients to not weigh at all? Or how do you walk them through that journey of giving up that death grip? Yeah, that's actually when, when women enter my program, 
Um, I do a program that's usually between three and six months, depending on the needs of the client. Um, And the first thing that happens when they enter my program is I give them a list of, you know, expectations and, and just things to start thinking about. And on that list is stopping weighing themselves. Like that is, Mm. you cannot be in my program if you are weighing yourself because I don't want your transformation to be hindered by attaching your worth to a number. There's just so much more capacity for expansion um, and transformation when you don't have these, you know, this baggage coming along with you. We don't need it. And do people have fear or anxiety around that? Yeah, but I think that the desire to transform and the ability to trust themselves and to trust me, you know, because I've been through it. My body did not get Mm -hmm. to a place where I was totally loving it until I stopped weighing myself. And um, Mm. yeah, my body shape totally changed. Um, And I think that the women that I work with, first of all, they see that I was able to do it. They hear the way that I talk about my body and how much I love my body. Um, I give them, you know, the step-by-step approach that I used so they can witness like, okay, I can see how I can get from A to Z here. (laughs) You know, I can see the road. I can see the path. So there's a trust, there's a map. And I think because of that, you know, not weighing yourself is the first step to trusting your body. You know, and, and it is a leap of faith in a way, but man, like when you jump and you take that leap and you stop, uh, you know, committing yourself to weighing yourself because you think it's going to, you think it's a really important part of your transformation when you let go of that belief, because it's just a belief, you know, it's actually not founded in, in a reality. Like you can transform without knowing the number on the scale. Right. So -hmm. when you release that limiting belief that opens up so much more space, right? Like we were talking about how much time women spend obsessing over their body. So this is a way for you to stop obsessing over your body is to stop weighing yourself. Like then that number has no um, gravity in you. Like that number won't bring you down anymore. And your mood, the way you look at your body, the way you feel in your body is going to come from inside rather than an external number on a piece of plastic (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I think that yeah I'm sure that it can be incredibly challenging for so many people um when I stopped weighing myself it was it was because I just knew I needed to for my mental health it came from a place of self-care because I was weighing myself morning noon and night um and our weight can fluctuate up to 10 pounds just because of water retention especially as women our weight can change depending on where we are in our cycle so it is incredibly important to i think release that expectation um that weight dictates what your body actually looks like i couldn't agree more i was actually listening to a podcast earlier or last week And it was from somebody and I was really, really vibing with her message. And then she started to talk about um, how we need to weigh ourselves every single day to see how our body is adjusting to what we're Mm -hmm. eating. And I was so triggered. And I was just like, this is the messaging that we are fighting to stop. Like it's perpetuating that cycle. 
There are so many different ways to know how your body is feeling with food that has nothing to do with what a number is mm-hmm. telling you. Yeah. Well, and, and recently, you know, you get, you put out an episode talking about intuitive eating, which is one of mm-hmm. the pillars of my practice. And I believe based on my own experience and the experience of helping multiple, multiple, multiple women um, transform their bodies and release their body shame and dysmorphia and, you know, battle with food. I, I believe that it is incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to actually intuitively nourish your body while you are weighing yourself. I know that's a big statement, but hear me out. <laughs> I think it's I'm true. I'm glad you resonate. You're, but you're giving your power and you're giving the authority to something else that's not you. Yeah. You're not trusting you. You're trusting a value, a numerical exactly. value. Exactly. Yeah. And when you let that dictate how you're nourishing your body, it's no longer intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And the, definitely the episode was about food intolerances and things like that. And I was like, I don't need a scale to tell me that I'm feeling more bloated or I'm feeling sluggish or my digestion is off. Like, I don't need a number to tell mm-hmm. me that. Like, if I'm tapping into myself, those signs are pretty, pretty apparent. Yeah, to me. absolutely. Your body is a natural call and response system. So you, what you were experiencing with your rash and digestive system, um, your body was putting out a call, right? And then you talked about mm-hmm. you have the choice on how to respond. And that is so mm-hmm. magnificent and so beautiful. And how blessed are we that we live in a world where we can have that relationship to our bodies. It's so gorgeous. Yep. I- and it's, but you said before too, it's taken a lot of time. Oh, yeah. So I don't want anybody to listen to this and say like, I'm not there. I'm never going to be there. Trust me. There was a point in time in my life and I'm going out to assume the same for you, Melanie, that you didn't think that living the way you live right now was possible. I did. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, man, it's, it is pretty intense. Like the way I battled my body and the amount of trauma I put my body through in an effort to quote, be skinny. Um, and you know what, like I, because of the body dysmorphia that I had, I actually have no idea. Like when I was at the peak of my eating disorder, I've been thinking about this recently. Like, am I skinnier now than I was then? Or was I skinnier then? Mm -hmm. And like, it honestly doesn't matter. I just have been approaching that question with curiosity. Um, but I can tell you that my body shape, I might've been skinnier. I have no idea. Um, I love my body now so much more than I loved it when I was starving myself. <laughs> you know, I love my body so much more now than I was um, when I wasn't listening to it. You know, when you're listening to your body, you create a trust and a bond with your body that then leads to love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was my most miserable when I was my smallest, like a good good amount smaller than I am now not not good but like I mean easily 20 to 25 pounds smaller and I was miserable human because that size did not give me that validation that I was looking for yeah the worth has to come from somewhere else 
A hundred percent. But you know, I think, so I consider myself to be a body positive wellness professional. Um, however, I do think with the body positive movement, there are a lot of belief systems in place where like, if you change your body, that means you're not body positive. Mm, and I like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> well, I like to challenge this because I believe that you can love your body exactly where you're at. Um, and also continue to transform to become a healthier version of yourself, to become physically stronger, to become able to um, release weight that your body has been holding on to because of diet backlash, which is when your body holds on to weight after putting it in famine mode. Um, and I, I believe that it is important that we recognize that it's okay to want to transform your body while loving your body. And I actually don't think you can have a transformation and sustain it unless you love your body. Uh, yes. And then the amazing <laughs> thing is that like, so if you begin, you know, any sort of road and intention to transform the way that you feel, right. So it's like, it has to start with feeling. So leading up to my wedding, you know, I, my, 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 boyfriend at the time now my husband he proposed to me on the beach which is like so beautiful but I was in a bikini and this was at the point in my journey where I was no longer counting calories I was no longer weighing myself I was no longer letting you know body shame comments dictate how I felt or trying (laughs) um but my body was definitely holding on to weight and I was experiencing symptoms like intense acne and insomnia and digestive issues. And so I still was not at the point where I was able to intuitively eat or nourish my body. Um, and because of that, I just had a whole range of symptoms, including holding on to excess weight. And so he proposed to me on the beach. And I thought, Megan, I was like, I love my body. Like, I'm exactly where I want to be. Like, I, you know, this is going to be me forever whatever. I don't care anymore. Um, But when he proposed, of course, I was overwhelmed and overjoyed and it was amazing. But then I had this little voice in the back of my head that was like, Mm -hmm. you know, just so ashamed and so ashamed of what I looked like that day. And I realized that like, I am not going to let, I'm not going to let body shame dictate how I feel on my wedding day. Absolutely not. Mm. And it's the same feeling that I had when I had that doctor tell me you're not going to walk again. It was like, I will not let this happen. This is not my life. And so I set out leading up to my wedding day to transform the way I felt about my body. And if a body, like an, a physical transformation came along with it, so be it. But like, I knew that I just, be, I could not carry body shame with me down that aisle. <laughs> that was not welcome. And my body actually did transform, you know, because I started taking care of it in a brand new way. I started actually listening to my body. And that's when I enrolled in nutrition school. And, you know, I actually learned um, about intuitive eating in, in a real tangible way and how to apply it to my life. And I just dedicated myself to feeling confident, to feeling beautiful, to nourishing my body, to caring for my body without restriction, you know. I ate my wedding cake, one hundred percent. Which you should. Yeah, I did the cake tasting. I drank the champagne, um, but it was just a completely different approach to transformation. And that's exactly what I teach my clients now: is like, 
you can you can want to transform your body you can transform your body um, from a place of self-love without dieting without body shame without deprivation without counting calories without counting macros without going to the gym and working hard for you know three hours because you ate chocolate cake yesterday mm-hmm. um, it is 100 percent possible but the deal is that it has to start with the way that you look at it it has to start with your mind Mm. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Like tell it over and over and over again. And like anybody listening, let that sink in because it is so, so powerful and so true. And I also want to, for the people listening, I want to um, drop a little bit of knowledge about dieting. So, and I love doing this in the, in reference to a scientific study that was done around World War II, because now we know it's all rooted in science, everything I'm about to say. So there was a study that was done um, in order to help people who were suffering from famine and starvation. So, of course, at that point in time, our world was, I mean, it still is suffering, but it was, there was so much suffering at that point in time, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the study was conducted with a group of men who were deemed to be physically and mentally healthy, you know, like the healthiest guys of the bunch. (laughs) And the doctors then decided to monitor what happened to them when they were put it on, put on a restricted caloric diet. So um, they, they started reducing their calorie intake because they weren't, of course, dieting to lose weight. They were dieting, um, quote, to, to experience famine. And so the, you know, doctors could study famine. And what's wild is that the symptoms that these men started to experience when they reduced reduced their caloric intake are very similar to what we experience when we're on a diet. So Mm. these men reduced their calorie intake by, I think, 1500 calories. Like if they were eating on average two to 3000 calories a day, they then were going down to 1500 or a thousand calories a day. And the men started to experience mood swings food paranoia and anxiety around food. Their eating patterns became incredibly strange and irregular. Like they would only eat certain things on the plate and like parse things out into certain areas of the plate. And they would then, you know, sneak food in and then exercise to quote, burn off those calories. Right. Cause they had to maintain a certain caloric deficit mm. for the study. Um, and their moods or their personalities totally changed which is the scariest part. They experienced anxiety and paranoia. Um, and the doctors studied this, you know, and, and tracked it. And then they started, you know, giving them food again as they came out of the quilt famine. And the men actually held on to some of that weight for a really long time. You know, they weren't like they lost weight, but then they gained it back and they held on to it. And it took like months and months and months for their bodies to stabilize and reach homeostasis. homeostasis. So what happened is, is that these men had diet backlash. You know, our bodies, when they go into famine mode, our bodies don't know that we're, we're actively choosing to restrict our diets. Our bodies go into famine mode because they think that, you know, our bodies think they're starving. Because our bodies are so smart, they want to protect us. So they hold on to mm-hmm. weight because we need it to survive. Um, your body will, you know, may, may even cannibalize the muscle 
you know, it might even release muscle and fat. Um, and what happens in the body is just trauma at that point in time. So you can diet, your body might lose some weight, but then it'll definitely gain it back because just in case you go into a famine again, it needs to protect itself. Mm -hmm. Um, not only are you losing weight, but you're losing, or not only are you losing fat, but you're losing muscle. And we don't want that because you need muscle. You don't want your body to cannibalize itself. (laughs) Um, And this is what happens when we go on diets. You know, it's the calories in, calories out method works in very short term, but it only works because your body thinks it's actually starving. And if we have a choice to put ourselves through a starvation and through a famine or to not put ourselves through a starvation or a famine, I would hope that we would choose to not do that to our bodies. You know, it's, it's really not an effective way to transform your body because you're going to have backlash. As I said earlier, you know, over 90 plus percent diets fail. And this is why this study encapsulates why that happens. This is so funny. And I didn't even think about this until you were, kind of midway through but you were in the beginning when you were talking about these people that were enrolled in this study and I my thought process was who in God's name (laughs) would sign up to be part of a study where they knew that they were going to be starving and and like in a place of famine and then as you're going I'm thinking oh my god I did this to myself Mm -hmm. and paid people to help Mm -hmm. me do this and utilize tools to help to do it to myself. I wasn't even part of a study. I was just doing that and paying money to do that to yeah. myself. Yeah, I did the same thing. And so many other people do the same thing. And it's you're putting your body through trauma. And like, it's, I also want everybody to release guilt at this point in time. Like, I don't want you to feel guilty for traumatizing mm-hmm. your body. I want you to, we don't because we, we don't, don't know. know. I want you to feel compassion for your for your past self that did that. I want you to love and nurture that past self because now we have a choice. You know, you have the ability to choose how you want to nourish your body. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we have to stop yeah. it. Melanie, where can people find you and what do you have going on? You've mentioned a lot about clients. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me. Um, my website is melaniemonaco.com. That's M-E-L-A-N-I-E-M-O-N-A-C-O, like the country. <laughs> and um, my Instagram is at the Self Love Lifestyle. I'm on Facebook at the Self Love Lifestyle. I mostly hang out on Instagram though. And I, yeah, I have a program. It's called the Self Love Lifestyle Signature Program. And it helps women completely revolutionize their relationships to their bodies and food so that they no longer have to battle their bodies so that they can release the anxiety around food so that they can feel as beautiful on the outside as they are on the inside and develop that lasting confidence that will see you through not only your relationship to your body, but everything else in your life as well. Um, And it, again, is, is just so transformative. Um, It's what I personally did for myself. And I condensed my years and years and years into just a few months. (laughs) Um, So I definitely, um, I would recommend it for anybody who wants to cultivate a transformation without that dieting, without the over-exercising. And I would love to offer your listeners a free introductory session. 
So Megan, your listeners can send me an email, melanie at melaniemonaco.com. Put the Fit and Fierce podcast in the subject line and just say that you want that complimentary intro session. And I would love to help people, you know, have that roadmap to transformation. I'll give them a step-by-step roadmap free of charge. Um, And if people are interested in the program, we can talk about that then too. Oh, you are so wonderful. And that's where that light comes. You can see like, Melanie, you have this drive to help women so much and you just like are Mm -hmm. willing to do that because you so strongly believe and you know it to be true that that life is possible for somebody. Absolutely. And I just, I do feel like, you know, as I said earlier, if women spent half as much time, you know, healing the world, you know, then they focus on the, then focusing on the body, um, our world would be a better place. So my contribution to that is to help women <laughs> heal the world instead of focusing on their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah, it. it. It is the most rewarding and, and I do, you're right. I love it so much. When, before we go, I always make everybody ask, answer a few questions. So they're simple. You, you'll knock them out of the park. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but my first one that I always like to know is what do you consider your super weapon? What do I consider my super weapon? Ooh, my mind, (laughs) my mindset, Mm. my mind for sure. Um, I spend a lot of time, um, getting my mind in the right place. I use affirmations and mantras and meditation and Oracle cards and all of that yummy, juicy stuff. And, because I take care of my mind, I then um, feel that everything else in my life falls into magical alignment. Mm, I love that answer. And what does being fierce Ooh, mean to what you? does being fierce be, mean to me? Okay. Um, honestly, I just thought of, of like jungle cats. And I love Ooh. the way I have two cats. I'm obsessed with cats. <laughs> and I love the way that cats move so intentionally. So I think intentionality with the way you move through your life, having intention is a quiet but powerful fierceness. Oh, that might be my new f- Every time everyone says one, I really love it. But that might be my new favorite one. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Yeah. And I love, I love cats. I'm that crazy cat lady too. So (laughs) you are in, you are in a solidarity here. (laughs) Melanie, this has been absolutely fantastic. I am so grateful for the knowledge and wisdom that you shared with the listeners and for you to continue to spread your message and watch, watch your magic heal. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, yeah, Megan, it's been such a joy talking to you and it's always so healing for me. Um, and yeah, magical for me to connect with women like you who are also on this path and it just brings my heart so much joy. So thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Thank you for being a part (laughs) of it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.